everyone, and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast. We are at episode 50. Dun, dun, dun. Huge news. Dan Guest is the guest on the Guest Life Podcast today. So let's hear a little bit about Daniel because this is our opportunity to really do a deep dive and learn about him. Daniel Guest is an award-winning entrepreneur recognized for his business achievements and extensive contributions to the community. Daniel launched his business, Guest Plumbing and Heating, just two years after graduating in his mid-20s. By 2018 and 2019, his business had become one of the fastest-growing companies in Hamilton, Ontario, which ultimately led to him launching a separate company, Guest Heating and Air Conditioning. Now, together, the two companies offer 24-hour service in the residential and small commercial sectors, along with high-end design-build services. Now, giving back to the community is a cornerstone of Daniel's business. He supports numerous organizations tackling issues related to domestic violence, hunger, and even cancer research. His mission to become the largest philanthropist in his community is embedded in his company's vision statement. Daniel also dedicates his time to supporting Mohawk apprenticeship and co-op students and volunteering his time to the Ontario Youth Apprenticeship Program. Now, Daniel has won many, many business awards, and we'll get into all of that coming up. These days, you can find Daniel connecting with local entrepreneurs right here on the Guest Life Podcast. Dan Guest, how you feeling? That was uncomfortable, um, <laughs> you, you know, but uh, I'm good. I'm here. This this chair is as comfortable as everybody says Good. It is. Yes. Yes, yeah. they are. So, uh, yeah, it's it's great to be here. Thank you. Yay. Well, thanks for having me. My name is Jacqueline Harper. For anyone wondering, um, I own Harper Designs in Burlington, Ontario. We help busy professionals transform their homes into ones they love, which is why this is such a great, you know, collaboration. I also work with your sister. Yep. Uh, she's one of my longest childhood friends. So we have known each other for a long time. Long time. Yes. Okay. So I want you to go way back for a minute and tell us a little bit about what it was like starting your company. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd, I'd love to thank you for, for hosting the show. It's been a, it's been in the back of our mind for a while of, of how to do episode 50. And, you know, a lot of people are asking, you know, how I got started and what I'm, what I've got going yeah. on. Being on a couple other podcasts, it's been a great opportunity to share, share our story and, and my story personally. But uh, we have a lot of people asking, so here it is. We're Was here. it just you starting the company? Did you have someone that you started with? Yeah. So, so it all started. Um, you know, started my career, at Matina. Well, started my t career as a farm boy, uh, working as a co-op student for Charlie Firth uh, here in Ancaster. A good friend of mine was a plumber. Um, you know, Jeff Edworthy worked for a guy named Larry. He's, he's literally Larry the plumber, which Love is just, it. just classic. <laughs> so, you know, out of high school, I was pretty lost but motivated. So didn't know what I was going to do. You know, everybody in our, in our family is very university focused, university bound. So me being a little bit of the black sheep, not knowing where to go, um, you know, it put a lot of pressure on myself, but also I just knew I was going to do well. Always had jobs. Um, I used to say I was a gas transfer engineer, which is just me pumping gas as a pioneer <laughs> on Ember James. <laughs> but, Creative. Um, yeah, it was it was great. You know, my mom used to drop me off and then I'd, you know, get our car wash and that was after me working at Pizza Hut. But um, we'll, we'll kind of fast forward a little bit. And yeah, I did a co-op program in high school with um, 
and got into plumbing that way, which was great. So started in a residential company, ended up working at Matina Mechanical, which was just an amazing firm and really learned that plumbing was not just toilets and sinks. Mm -hmm. So Matina Mechanical is a company out of Stony Creek that does hospitals, schools, did projects at Mohawk College, projects at McMaster. Um, the Hamilton Education Center was one of the projects I, I finished up my career at. And uh, yeah, just such a great place to work at scale. One of the questions like people, I, I always ask people is, you know, how do they get water to the top of the CN Tower? Well, that's plumbing, right? And then it's like, you know, how does shit get down? And that's plumbing too, right? Because you wouldn't want to drop that off the side of the CN Tower. Someone yeah, would die. no kidding. <laughs> But so that's how you, that's why you got into this. Yeah, yeah, long story <laughs> short, but uh, we always say long story long. Um, and yeah, so so I, I looked at it as who are my mentors? And one of my mentors was a guy named Leo Pernice within Matina Mechanical. And he, I was like, okay, so he was 32 and I was 21 at the time. Um, you know, for Matina Mechanical, I, I've, I understood the apprenticeship program pretty quickly. So how it works is it's 9,000 hours to become a plumbing apprentice, but it's 9,000 hours. If you work more than 44 hours a week, you don't actually have to take five years to do your apprenticeship. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so how long did it take you? About four. Amazing. So I was the youngest company. I was the youngest plumber in the company to get a license. Um, so I was 21 when I got my license, which for anybody in the industry understands that's a, you know, pretty incredible feat, but it was almost like I had a cheat code. I just was like, I was so driven by finances and I always said money created freedom. Um, I think I dumped my first six years of salaries into just cars and insurance and <laughs> rims at the time. Yep. And then kind of it, it stemmed off to, okay, well, how do I get into real estate? So I had a good friend of mine, Jordan Fortino at the time, was working at work. I was living at home and working as a licensed plumber at 21. I was making great money and I wasn't saving a penny. And he actually, he, he owns a painting company called uh, Fortino's Umbrella, but, uh, sorry, Fortino Umbrella. Um, but he also taught personal finance at McMaster. Whoa. Super That's interesting. That's a big job, Super yeah. interesting guy that owns a painting company. But um, yeah, he taught me how to save. And he was like, you need to buy a house. You need to stop, you know, spending all your money. And it just was like an aha moment for me. And it, and it really hit me really quick. So all of a sudden doubled down, uh, saved a bunch of money in the first year, was able to buy a property on the on the East Mountain um, as my first property. And my mentor at the time in business was a guy named Leo Pernice. And he had rental, like he had rental properties. So to kind of get back, he was about 32 and I was about 22. And at this point you're still in school. Or doing your apprenticeship? No, I'm still, I'm a licensed plumber now. Okay, yes. All right. So I looked at it and I said, well, you know, he was successful. He's, you know, starting a family, seemed pretty happy. Mm -hmm. He had a bunch of rental properties. And I was like, okay, so I just thought my mission would be, you know, I don't want to own a business because I always looked at that as first one in, last one out, underappreciated, you know, and that's what I saw. Obviously, you don't know what's behind closed doors, but that's what I saw and I was like, I don't want that. So... I was like, you know what? I'll just get into the real estate game. I'm making good money. I'll invest in real estate. I'll start the rentals. So I did uh, every single one of my friends, I, I have to thank. But we did a basement and a main floor renovation at my house on Fennel. Um, and then created that rental market. And I think within, 
um, probably about six to eight months. I had I was doing so many side jobs that I had the opportunity to go. Uh, a, f- a friend of mine that I did work for, Steve Kolkowski, on King William Street, you know where the French is. Mm-hmm. So he opened up, he, he had that before the French was the French. And so there's a building in the middle of the French, and I think it's now called Undefined, and then Berkeley North. So there's a there's a tower there, it's six stories. And we were standing in the hole and he goes, oh man, Dan, this is my next project. It'd be really great if you plumbed it. And he's like, this would be a great opportunity for you to start your business. That's huge. Going from residential to something like that. Yeah. So I came from the commercial space, so he was confident I could do it. Okay. I wasn't confident that I could, you know. Tackle that. (laughs) Was it you yourself or you and your friends? It was just you yourself? No, just me. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. So um, we probably had about three or four conversations and then I had a bad day at work. Everyone has that, like, what was the, what was the time you made the decision? So I just said, no, was, you know, it's not for me. I loved where I was working. And then I had a bad day at work and I remember, uh, I'll never forget it, but I was 23 running pretty much what I would do is I would run the end of the jobs for people. And so you'd have a main foreman that would run the project up until a certain point. And then I was kind of his junior right hand. I'd run to the job right to the finish, do all the deficiencies. And I remember I'd have to instruct some older gentlemen what to do for the day. I was in charge. Wow. It's not that I was smarter or better, but it was just someone needed to take a leadership role. So at 23, I was able to do that. Was, you know, I was also given the opportunity, but it comes from work ethic. And I just remember, you know, every morning, you know, I had one guy that was, that was working on me and he would just, he would come in, wouldn't say a word and he would sigh. And I'll never forget, just like, he was looking for a response. And I just remember being like, if I had my own company, I would not hire anyone that didn't want to be here. It, like life is about choices. And so from that point, I was like, you know what? Screw this. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't control the people that, that work under me. So uh, I said, you know, screw it. And in my mind, I was like, if I can make a thousand bucks a week and get my time back, I'll just be a one man show and I'll still do my real estate. So in the back of my head, I had not, none of this was a plan. And that was when it was like, okay. And I did that building. Steve was amazing. Um, and, and, you know, got to meet so many people that are still very involved in our business and, and, and my life personally, but it was like this big leap. And I remember, okay, so how, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And I remember vividly remembering or thinking, you know, what am I going to call it? How, what is this? So, you know, my mom's maiden name is Eisenberg. So I was always like, well, I'm going to call it guest, but is that kind of a cop out? Right. Everyone calls their company by their last name. Right. I was like, well, but, you know, guest is great. Right. Like, it's a good last name for a plumbing company. It's strong. Yeah, it's strong. And then I make the joke. I was like, I wouldn't have called it Eisenberg Plumbing. Right. (laughs) I don't think that would have worked. So um, so we called it guest. And then I was like, okay, what's next? We need a logo. And I kept thinking, okay, you know, what are we going to do? We don't want to call it like you know, Ancaster plumbing with no logo because you get, you get pigeonholed and you don't know where the business will end up. So I remember focusing on, okay, what is, we, we, we did all our brand guidelines based on Apple. So I was asked the question, what is Apple? Apple's a marketing company. Apple's a music company. Uh, Apple's a phone company, computer company. And so with guests, it was always, we can always drop the plumbing and, he, and heating. Oh, 
So it was always in the plan. And it's funny, but, you know, six years later when we opened Guest Heating and Air Conditioning, the plan came true. Totally. Yeah. So it was really cool to kind of, you know, take that time at the beginning and be pretty methodical. Yes. And be really sure about what you were putting out there. Yeah. So that you were able to pivot yeah. later. Yeah. But at 23, what we found was a lot of people, oh, look at this kid branding. And I remember the first day uh, I got myself and a couple of the guys that we had hired uh, shirts and they were like, you know, comfortable white t-shirts with, you know, the big blue leaf. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at this guy with all his, you know, labeled branded clothing. And then all of a sudden you, you find it was because it was so changed. Like everyone was like, oh, what's this guy doing? And then. You know, a couple months later, everyone on site, all the companies started buying their guys' T-shirts, right? And it was just an interesting time. Hmm. And at 23, yes, I knew a lot because I started very young. But I sold, I bought my first house, uh, bought my first new truck. I'll never forget that. And then uh, and then started the business. And all in, all in all in this time, my family thought I was crazy. Um, my well, mom, huge milestones all by 23. Yeah, like yeah, it was wild. Young. It was super crazy. And I remember the, 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 the most depressing day I had was when I had, uh, I was driving to Niagara Falls to do a custom house and my ladder fell out of the tailgate of the truck onto the highway. And I just saw this big flash of orange. And it was the day that I made the decision to buy, I had to, I had to get a van. But I couldn't afford oh. the truck and the van. Oh, so you had to lose your truck? <laughs> I had no. To, yeah, I saw the guy. <laughs> Those are some big decisions. Huge, yeah. right? And okay, so wait, backtrack for one second. Because yeah. so here you are doing this commercial space by yourself. You're meeting a bunch of great people in the industry. How did you start growing your team? Yeah, no, that's great. It's tough at the beginning. Um, it was just you by yourself for a while? Yeah, me and then... You know, you'd, you'd hire an apprentice or, or, or a helper at times and then yeah. people you'd know. And uh, we worked, Matino was a pretty big firm. So there was a couple guys that got laid off when it was a little bit slower. So I tried to bring them on. And it's challenging, right? I ask the question a lot, would you work for you? Right? So at the beginning of a career, you end up getting, I would say, less than favorable staff for the most part. I'm not saying that the staff weren't great, but... You know, you're not getting top of line people, so mm -hmm. you got to overmanage them. So, you know, the the early days were great because I was on site all the time. I was having a blast, but then you learn that you know it's not sustainable, and you you know you really don't have a life. I was learning business. Yeah, you were doing it all. Yeah, quoting at night. Um, we had uh, we had we had a girl coming to my house working in my third bedroom. So we had like four, I remember we got up to about four trucks on my side street before, wow. you know, bylaws started coming by. <laughs> giving tickets. You're not allowed to do this. Yeah, yeah you can't run a commercial uh, operation out of a street, a, a house on Fennel. Well, the truth is you were growing so fast. Yeah. So from 2018 to 2019, you were one of the fastest growing companies in all of Hamilton. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's it really amazing to be recognized for that. You know, a big milestone was was really when we said, you know, how how big are we going to get? So mm -hmm. it it, it kind of switched. I'm not sure exactly what when the time was over the years, but we found, or at least I found, it, it was always this one and we're good. This 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 truck and we're good. We're not going to grow anymore. This truck and we're good. We're not going to grow anymore. And I remember the fifth truck. I used to always have to go to my cousin Tyler. Uh, he worked at Ford. And he'd sell me all my vans. 
And their credit department would just like hysterically laugh at me because I was so under, like, I didn't have any credit, right? Obviously a new business, new corporation. So they're like, you're never going to get approved for this. I was like, I'll personally guarantee anything. And the, they had the sweet little old lady who used to do uh, the credit checks. And she's like, I, this isn't going to get approved. I go, just put the form through, please. And it would always come back approved because I didn't miss a payment. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it was like comical. I'd be like, another one? And like the whole Ford uh, store would know that I was coming in because it, it's my cousin's there. But also, <laughs> you know, I think we bought, we were buying like pr- at pretty rapid speeds with the, I think it was like, you know, two or three a year. Wow. Yeah. And okay, so let's position ourselves at 2019, okay? You're growing. How many people are working for you at that point in time before you're starting your new company? Yeah, so pre-COVID, we got up to, it was a lot. We had pre-COVID is kind of like the biggest hurdle. So we had 22 plumbers on staff at the time, okay. which is still more than we have today. Um and we probably had six in the office. So yeah, we we're 28 staff. Wow. Yeah, so it was it was big and we were, it's just like any business, we were growing way too quick. Um, you know, hitting a ton of hurdles, not established, process and procedures weren't in place, just kind of like the branding was working. I knew a lot of people, we were everywhere and it was going well. Uh, and then COVID hit and it was like, okay, well, everyone goes, oh, well, you're essential, but the work that we were doing was kind of in between residential and commercial. It was, you know, mid-rise stuff. We had a couple buildings that we had done and then a lot of office fit-outs. So an office fit-out during COVID was not essential. So everyone goes, oh, you're essential. You're you're an essential service. I go, yeah, how many people are you letting into your home? And then the commercial project shut down. So we went from 22 plumbers to four. Whoa. And so speaking of COVID, were there any... Was there anything that happened that you had changed your business that has stuck because of COVID? Like, did you start doing anything virtual? Yeah, tons. Like, you know, virtual meetings for sure. You know, I have a lot more coffee meetings now. But uh, what we found, you can look at anything and you can say, you know, it's happening for us or to us. So when COVID first happened, it was, I felt very entitled, very frustrated, very depressed. Um, I'm sure everybody did. You know, it's a very challenging time. And, and I remember uh, one of my best friends, Shane, uh, he had a gym that we were, I was working for him at the time and he had a gym in his office. And I remember I was like, like, I'm a very routine person, gym in the morning, get to the office, see the, see the team and kind of continue on my day. And when I lost, and, and also I don't watch the news. So okay. all of a sudden, because of all the restrictions, it was okay, I got to be up on what's going on. So I got to watch the news. And after two weeks of not going to the gym and watching the news, I just was like, okay, what am I doing differently? I'm a positive person. I have a great mindset. Why do I feel like this? I feel lost. And, and, and all, my, all my core values got like thrown out the window. Because you're such a routine person that it was just your whole world was flipped upside down. Yeah, and and mm. positive too, right? I was always, all of a sudden the, the glass was half empty. Yeah. It was not half full. And it was super tough. Um, so what'd you do? What got you through that? I woke up on one Sunday morning and said, nope. And called Shane, super embarrassed. But I was like, I bet 100 people have asked you, but can I work out at your gym? And so we started working out together in the mornings. And it was, you know, it was personal gym, so it was allowed. Um 
And then I stopped watching the news. So, it, you know, it was challenging at the time because people would come to me and ask, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, well, like, well, we'll all find out at the same time. Right. I'll let my accountants know when, when I, when I know. And I stopped feeling entitled and I just said, you know, we're, it's not the government's fault. It's not anybody's fault. I'm just going to deal with it. No one's coming to save us. So let's save ourselves. And, you know, like, it's just so grateful for the team that we have here. Everybody works so hard. It was such a challenging time to manage emotions and personal situations and health. Um, you know, we had some really hard decisions. It was the first time I had to let anybody go, mm-hmm. which was super, super challenging because we had such a great team at the time. And we just pivoted and we said, okay, how do we keep this, how do we keep this thing going? And, uh, and so, yeah, we made a decision to speed things up. Um, I actually tried a partnership with, uh, with an HVAC firm that didn't go well. Um, you know, it was interesting kind of the next stage of, I, I always call this the next stage of business. I'm so happy you're sharing this. A lot of people don't get down to the nitty gritty of that, but this is what business is. Yeah. You try things out, it's going to work or it's not. Totally. So tell us a little bit more about that. That's yeah, super no one, interesting. Yeah, no one really knows about that. Like, you know, it was behind the scenes. So we used to subcontract on a lot of work and, uh, you know, a good friend of mine um, had an HVAC firm and he was a little bit older and we were thinking, you know what, let's come together on a partnership. And, you know, looking back, it's such a it was so great that we didn't end up becoming partners. We're, you know, still friends. And mm-hmm. So important in industry to always keep your friends, you know, together and, and, and supported. But one of the things I say is if you've got a business that, you know, one of the things that would, would have worked well is that we did different things. So the challenge is, is I'm not an HVAC technician. So having, um, you know, someone that knew how to quote the projects, knew how to work, I always thought, who's going to work for me if I don't know how to do it? So when we started uh, the partnership, we, you know, we thought, okay, this could be a good, like, kind of yin and yang. I always make the statement that, you know, if two people do the same thing in business and they're in for partnership, they're just two people that need a hug. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you know, if you don't have a different skill set and you don't, Yeah, you know, how are you comp- helping each other out? Yeah, you're just scared to do it by yourself, which is fine. It's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. But COVID really taught me that I am special. I do have, you know, a unique ability. And, you know, I'm proud to say that. I'm just very, you know, proud of all the business owners and, you know, people to get through COVID, sure. But, you know, no one asked me how I was doing. Through COVID? Nobody. Business-wise? Just in general, like, wow. you know, that it's, 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 what are you doing, but not how are you doing? I see. And yeah. you know, it's a big, it's a big change, right? It's, it's what are we going to do? How are we going to get this done? Yeah. You know, and you're, you're so controlling about how everybody else is doing and no one's like, you know, Hey Dan, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Like you, you keeping up okay? Like keeping the lights on? No one really asked. And maybe that's a harsh comment, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, uh, you got to look out for yourself at the end of the day, but also you have to, what I learned in that is you have to ask for help. No one can anticipate that you're struggling. Right. Unless you tell them. Yeah. If you're not going to communicate, you can't feel entitled. Yeah. You got to advocate for yourself for sure. A hundred percent. No one else can read your mind. That goes for everything like relationships in your life, business partners, right? No one can read your mind. Communication's key. And like, you know, being able to have a great network around me, um, I was so grateful for my friends and my, and my, especially my, you know, close business friends, we'd have good laughs and good cries together. And just like, this is crazy. Um, I remember Shane, anytime 
I'd have a bad day. I'd call him and he'd be having a worse day. And we just start laughing at each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel better about oh, yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we, now we share both. We share good and bad, but that I find that to, that to be really interesting when you, you think you got to have suffer alone, but you, if you just talked about it, you'd, you'd realize that, um, you know, everybody has those opportunities. I, uh, I heard a really good statement once and it was, uh, it's from a guy, he heard it from his mom. Um, I forget what podcast it was, but you know, if you go into your room, if you go into a room and everybody threw their problems on the table, you'd probably take yours back pretty quick. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's a good perspective for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, everyone's got problems. Yeah. Everyone's a little messed up. Yeah. So just understand that it's normal. And yeah. uh, if you talk about it, it makes it a lot more normal. I'm so excited to announce that the Guest Life Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is a field service software that I use daily to make my business run better and more efficiently. From quoting a job to the minute you get paid, Jobber software makes it seamless to go from start to finish and make sure that everybody has all the things they need to make sure the job's done right and you're paid faster. Jobber software is the best home service software that helped us scale and take our business to the next level. Check out the link in our bio for a free 14-day trial and 20% off your first six months. Thanks and enjoy the show. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so getting through the problem of, you know, the COVID era where everyone was kind of stuck at home, it really changed your business. But look at you now. We want to hear about how'd you get here? Because yeah. right now your business is flourishing and we're going to talk about, you know, where you're at. Yeah. So how'd you get there? Well, after the partnership didn't work, um, you know, I really sat down and said, like, well, I'm doing this. Told too many people about it. I actually started the corporation already, so I had to, like, undo all the legal docs, um, which was just, like, you know, a challenge, but it just felt, like, second nature almost. Were you guys still on good terms? Like, great you terms. agreed mutually this yeah, was Yeah, yeah, great terms. Yeah, it's still okay. a good friend of mine. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, so it was like, okay, so how do I build this team? Hmm. And when you put all your eggs into a basket, which would be a person, obviously your first hire. So uh, we hired a, a gentleman named Tyler. He runs our HVAC team. It's all about people. And this guy just came in, built it up with uh, with the rest of our team. And, and I always say there's two levels of mentor that really stick out to me. The first level, especially in business and for anybody in the trades, I, not, I shouldn't say just the trades, but the trades specifically just to connect the owner operator life where you're doing everything. I had a lot of mentors say, you know, it's, Oh, it's amazing that you got into business and they were super supportive and they saw me growing and they, they, they would say, Oh, don't get too big. I tried it. It didn't work. People suck. Staff will steal. You've got to keep your eye on the prize all the time. It's not worth it. Hmm. It didn't work for me. But like, that's oh, okay. someone who it didn't work out for, right? Exactly. And maybe that's a mindset thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then, again, I don't know really where I got the whole drive from. I think a lot of it comes in with podcasting. But the next level mentor, the characteristic was our team is everything. So it's us and we, not I, and me. Um, and they would be, our team is fantastic. Oh, they'll take care of it for you you know, giving opportunities, people, succession plans, and uh, and really getting into, like, what does culture mean in terms of how do we 
you know, how do we support more people? How do we grow? You know, how do we take those next steps? Like more minds, more, more ideas, the better. And I just really gravitated to that. And I looked at it. Okay. So what does every big corporation do? I've got a huge team. There's leaders, there's people involved, there's different layers. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And, but you never wanted that. No, not at all. Crazy. Yeah. And as soon as my mind shifted to like, really, you know, what is what is my passion because it went from plumbing to people and that's the big shift as soon as you put your focus off of the task mm -hmm. and you put it on the people doing the task and how to enhance cl clients and how to like you know it's all the suppliers are out to get me the suppliers are your partners and I just like, it, it just, it hit me so hard and I just dove right into it. And I think that's what, you know, that's where my passion stems from now. And now when people talk about your growth and it's, oh, we have the best team, our team's going to handle it. Yeah. That's your we mindset can handle it shift, together. right? Huge. Because ultimately you are serving the people. You are helping your people. Yeah. Um, it's a life of service. And, and as soon as you understand that, you know, giving is much better than receiving just like it was hard to listen to you talk nicely about me at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast. But yeah, I find that, you know, that it, it's really just that shift. And then it's like, now it's like, okay, what are we capable of? Like, what are we going to do? Okay. I want to make you uncomfortable for one more second, because Let's there's a lot of awards that <laughs> I did not get to mention. Let's do it. Um, okay. So we're going to recap. In 2020, you were the recipient of, I, oh, I don't know how to pronounce this properly, but the Kevin McIntosh, is that right? Yeah, McIntosh, yeah. Okay, it's McIntosh Memorial Award. That was for community involvement. You've also received the 2021 Mohawk College Alumni of Distinction Award in the apprenticeship category. That's yep. huge. Thank you. Um, the Hamilton Chamber of, Com Chamber of Commerce also recognized him as a young entrepreneur in 2017 and one of three finalists in the mid-size business category of the Outstanding Business Achievement Awards in 2020. 23. Those are some big awards, Daniel. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you see, that's what team's all about, right? Without the team, without the people, but also without our clients, without our staff, without the community, it's, it's massive. And a lot of, uh, you know, we go to a lot of, and attend a lot of, you know, awards and, uh, you know, different organizations like the, the chamber of commerce has been huge. The WHBA has been massive. And it's like, you're building these relationships. I, I always say, people say it's lonely at the top or, oh, an entrepreneurship, it's a, you know, it's a one man road. It's like, yeah, if you keep the door shut, <laughs> it's like, you know, if you, yeah, if you sit in a room by yourself, it's going to get lonely. If you lonely. don't talk about it, if you don't share your feelings, yeah. you're going to be lonely. As um, soon as I switched to, you know, being open and vulnerable and asking the hard questions, you know, we made a huge decision in our business where... It's not, how was your day? How was the weekend? It's, what was the best part of your day? Yeah, I love that. What are you most excited about? You What's really, your biggest challenge? You really right care. And you know what? There's another um, way that you really show how you care is by all your community involvement. Mm -hmm. You do so much for the community. So I know for for one, there is um, a huge annual charity event that you host. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So we try to do things, you know, we say anything in the community, you have to understand what the end user is. So as a business owner, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening are, are going to talk about, you're always asked for just finances. You're always asked for finances. And I said, well, you know, what kind of vehicle can we create so that it's not just finances? Sometimes it's just time or things. So we do 
semi-annual or, or, or bi-annually um, coat drive because only people have so many coats. So <laughs> we, <laughs> yes. we kind of hit our network. So every two years we do our coat drive and we try to do three to four, you know, internal charity events a year. So we always do a back to school drive, which is just amazing. Um, you know, the Eva Rothwell Center downtown is a fully non, uh, non-for-profit, which they give back directly to the central Hamilton and surrounding areas, which is just, you know, you go down there and you see the volunteers and it's like volunteer based and volunteer run. And it's, it, it just puts such a smile on your face when you see all the people, you know, the Salvation Army, the YWCA, the YMCA, all these organizations working so hard within this, the community, city kids, uh, sick kids, Mac kids, like there's so many organizations when you think about what we can do as business owners mm-hmm. and community leaders, there's two different things, right? Like it's not always financial, right? Everybody knows that it grows a business. It's not just profit from the beginning. There's a lot of investment. Yeah. So when I was getting kind of, you know, pigeoned on always asked for money, you know, I said, okay, well, I don't, I always get sucked in and say yes. So why don't I say, listen, we haven't, we, we have a budget and it's going to things that we care about because there's so many organizations. But also you can just invest your time, right? Exactly. It doesn't have to be money. Um, yeah. And you do put a lot of time and effort into those things, which is nice. Yeah. One of our best uh, events was definitely our beach cleanup. We had a huge turnout and it was a rainy, windy day, but we had like 25 bags of garbage picked up from the, uh, the Hamilton beach, which is, it was amazing. And it was a great day. And I think doing things like that also kind of helps you change your mindset, have a little bit more gratitude for what you're doing. Um, and it, it really builds relationships with your team. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like we don't, you know, I, I remember feeling kind of, um, I remember feeling like, shouldn't should i just be doing this in silence that was one of the thoughts i had should we as a business just do these things not post it on social media not share it because you don't want to boast that look we're doing this charity event just because yeah yeah and it was a tough time it was a little bit of a mental hurdle at the time and i remember it was you know you manifest things into the universe and and they come at the perfect times but i was listening to a podcast and gary v was talking exactly on the topic and he said if the worst thing you can do is get business because you're giving back so you have bigger things to worry about yeah and it was just such a great timing for it because at the end of the day it was like yeah you know what i feel great about this this feels good, good. it's not coming from a malicious place and it's not coming from a, you know, like 100% of our proceeds go directly to the community. And ultimately, you're spreading the word for those events. And you know what? It's been amazing because we inspire others. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. that I know that own businesses now are doing, you know, uh, a good friend of mine, Mike from BDC, just did March Padness, which is, uh, you know, collecting feminine hygiene products oh, and I giving it, it back. Yeah, it was amazing. So being like a little bit of an inspiration to different people in different organizations to give back and maybe spark something internally in their business, which is, you know, for me, it's just amazing and it's just better for the community. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so not only are you doing charitable things and you're running a business, you also have a ton of friends, you've got a puppy, a girlfriend, all these things. How the heck do you balance everything? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I heard a really good thing um, uh, actually on, on, on our podcast and it was, uh, it's a pendulum. Okay. Um, and, and I think, 
having people and communicating properly in, in terms of what you're looking for and, and who you are. I always say like, you know, the best thing about my girlfriend, Jen, is that she sees me. You know, she knows when I say I'm going to be home at nine. That doesn't mean nine. It means, it <laughs> she means, knows you. <laughs> it means 12. But when I said I was coming home at nine, I thought it meant nine. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not about balance. It's about, you know, saying what is my passion and what is my purpose and also being like true to yourself in the sense of what fills your cup up and being an extrovert. If anybody knows me, which a lot of you do, I'm an extrovert and I, my cup is filled all the time. And why? Because I make decisions based on what I want to do and how I want to do them. And I think getting over the hurdle of being embarrassed for like kind of getting over the imposter syndrome and doing that positive self-talk. So I have a coach, his name's Craig Spears. He's, um, He's my performance coach. He's, he's just an incredible guy. You know, he's really taught me a lot about boundaries versus rules when it comes to relationships, how to communicate, some big takeaways from them or uh, surrender the result. And surrendering the result it comes in so many different ways, whether it's being honest with somebody and telling them how you feel. You go into that situation, you surrender the result. So, so like you're not worried about the result. You're just in the moment, present moment. Yeah, you'll deal with it. Our minds go to the, you know, and I'm speaking like I'm a therapist, but I'm learning from Craig. So <laughs> shout out to Craig. You, our minds always go to the worst place. Yeah. And they're always holding us back. And so in business and in personal life, my mind was always holding me back. I'm not good enough. Why is this, you know, why would I do that? How could I have so many staff? If I tell people this is what I'm doing, they're going to think I'm silly or they're just going to say I'm bragging. Um, so there's a lot of quotes that I live by. One of them is if you feel like you're bragging, you're talking to the wrong people. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's so many good takeaways. Yeah. I think and for anyone watching, we should have pre-warned them to, like, have a pen and paper. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a, there's a lot of them, right? And, like, you know, so so surrender the results huge. It's been a massive part of my life. Um you know, boundaries over rules when you're talking about, you know, yourself, you know, set boundaries for yourself, what's important. And I think also like as you grow and we get older with friendships, you know, I got a lot of dads that are buddies of mine and you, if you want to hang out with them, you, you go around their dad's schedule. And if you respect that, you actually get a ton of time with them. Yeah. It's great. So, you know, I've got uh, some buddies, you know, Zoran is uh, after 830. You know, he always puts his daughters to bed, right? Kevin is, uh, you know, before the kids get back to school. We go for, we got a, a group of guys that ride uh, bicycles and we, we call ourselves guys with thighs. <laughs> so we do Saturday morning rides, right? Awesome. And, you know, being able to kind of adapt as we get older to like new ideas, um, I think is super powerful. Yay. Okay, well, I am getting the cue, but last thing that you want to say to everyone listening today. Yeah, just, uh, you know, it's been nice to share a little bit about my story. You know, Jacqueline's been awesome. I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what's to come is, is a big, yeah, it's a big, uh, it's a big hurdle. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we were, you want to ask the question, why is something off limits? Unless you're being rude or malicious, don't do those things, but Ask those hard questions because you'll never realize that the answer is way better than it, than you think it is. And building those relationships based on 
opening up. And sometimes, you know, any of my dear friends know me, I'm the first to open up. So if you showcase vulnerability and you know that someone's not going to get attacked for saying they're having a tough time or telling you about their big goals or explaining about, you know, why they're doing certain things or especially in business, understanding context, right? It opens up more conversation and respect. Of course. What are you doing in sales this year? It's none of your business. Why? Yeah. Why do you like, you know, give the person context. If that person is going to go and take it and tell a bunch of people, who cares? What does it matter? Are you selling your business? Maybe in some circumstances, yes, but in my circumstances, no. Hmm. And, uh, and it's changed a lot for me, but also the knowledge, right? Be a lifetime learner. And that's a or lifetime student, whatever you want to say. Awesome. Yeah. And I guess if people haven't heard the news, do you want to share about something big that's going on for you guys? Yeah. So we just, um, we just launched our second location again, kind of setting those limiting beliefs. And so we're going to Toronto. Um, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Super excited. Thank you so much. We hired our first staff the other day. Wow. Um, we're hiring our managers first and then start with the field staff. So yeah, second location, you know, you think about when I started the business and now how we are growing it as a team, you know, there's a lot of key factors there that are really changing the dynamic of like, why not me? Why not now? And let's get some shit done. But um, it's all about people. And again, changing my focus from um, from product to people in terms of my passion has been a huge eye opener in terms of what's capable. And don't let those limiting beliefs kind of hold you back. Dan, wow. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me today. Congrats again. Episode 50. Huge. I'm so proud of you. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah. And like Daniel always says, why not me? Why not now? <laughs> Have a good day, guys. Thanks. Awesome. That was perfect. Yay.